Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to our study in the Gospel of John. I'm Phil Robertson, joined by Mark Lloyd Sr., and this is take two for us, just to share that with you right off the bat. We just recorded a great class, but none of it got recorded, so we're back again. <laughs> I wish I could remember what I said. What did we say the first time? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> But thank you for joining us. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I do remember asking you. I did. I had a wonderful Thanksgiving, had all the family together, so we had a great time. All right. Well, we did too. And it's good to be back with you. And if you haven't done so already, we will say this again. Please read uh, our text that we're going to study today. Today we're in John chapter 11. So if you need to pause this video right now and read this wonderful chapter, please do so. Because we will not have time to just read through the chapter uh, as we talk about today's lesson. But let's get straight into it. This is, I believe, Mark, one of those chapters in Scripture that truly emphasizes our Lord in two persons, if you will. Yes. His deity and his humanity. We always attribute to John that he was trying to tell us that... Jesus is the son of God. And he says that in John uh, 20, that that was his reasoning. I want you to believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Yet, 1 John and John, you had the, you had the Nicolaitans, you had the Gnostics who were believing that Jesus hadn't even been real uh, on this earth. So John also had to prove his humanity as well. And he goes about it so well in, in these uh, chapters that we have read so far. We've read a lot of his humanity, his, his, his anger. Um, he's hungry. He's, he's thirsty. Tired. He's yeah. tired. He is all of those things. And now in this chapter, we're going to read about him weeping, one of the greatest of, of human emotions. And so, yes, we're, we're talking about his humanity here. And he doesn't just weep. He's going to groan. Uh, I have the English Standard Version, and so in verse 38, it says he's deeply moved again. And I believe that just emphasizes our, our Lord is not just not just frustrated with respect to tears for losing a friend, but we're going to see our Lord is groaning that people still aren't understanding who he is. And ultimately, what we're going to learn in this wonderful chapter is he is resurrection and life. For all of us. So let's just jump right into it. The story of John chapter 11 is about the resurrection of Lazarus. But the news comes to Jesus at the very beginning. In fact, Jesus is out in Berea. He's not in Jerusalem. If you look in the previous chapter, he's had to go on the run. So he's taken off because they're ready to stone him in Jerusalem. So he's out in Berea and the word comes to him that Lazarus is ill. That was sent by Mary and Martha. They sent news to him that he's ill. I get the impression they're anticipating him to drop everything and run to them. Well, and I think that that is probably correct, but I think they didn't estimate how seriously ill he must have been because they get the news to him. And based upon what we can read in this, uh, Lazarus probably died on the day that Jesus received the information. So if these ladies were trying to get the news to him in time, uh, they didn't. 
Yeah. And so they they waited too long to let him know that he was still alive and would be alive if he got there. Well, but the text also suggests to us that Jesus is going to wait anyhow. Yes. Because uh, he doesn't just wait a day. He waits four days. And we're going to see some significance in that. Jesus will say, though, to his disciples, he's asleep. He's just asleep. What does he mean by that? That Lazarus is just asleep. Well, we get a lot of asleeps in the New Testament, and uh, many of them do refer to death. Jesus was asleep. He gave up the ghost and was asleep. Uh, and so a lot of times, asleep is the same term for death. We, you have it, Jairus's daughter's uh, resurrection. Uh, mm -hmm. Jesus told the people in the group, well, she's just she's asleep. Just asleep. She's asleep. And they laughed at him because they knew she was dead. Well, there are those two terms. And, of course, then he raises her from the dead. But it's a term that's used quite often. Uh, and he says it here. Well, he's just asleep. And it is, well, why are we worried? <laughs> if he's asleep, he's asleep he'll right? get better. And so let's not be worried about going back over to Judea because you know what they want to do to you over there. So let's not be venturing back over there. Uh, let's let him get better on his own. And finally, he's, I can see the Lord shaking his head and just saying, boys, He's dead. He's, he's you guys dead. aren't getting it. Yeah, you're I, not getting it. I, I was using a, yeah. a little yeah. figurative yeah. speech there for you. Uh, also, the idea of being asleep is attributed to Christians uh, later in the epistles of Paul, those who have fallen asleep. Fall asleep. Uh, even Stephen, it says, and he fell asleep, he fell asleep. Uh, to refer to his death. And 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 there's, there's just even in that word the hope of resurrection. Because if anybody goes to sleep, well, they're going to wake up. And that's the point Jesus is making to all of us. And I think even Paul makes later to those who die in the Lord. They're going to wake up. They're going to be resurrected. So sleep is a conscious situation, loss of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And sleep, interestingly enough, physiologically is approaching death because you have lost a lot of consciousness. And, and somebody who goes to sleep, they have no conscience as far as knowing what's going on around them. And so that's a term why it can be used about falling asleep. Now, you mentioned just a moment ago that the disciples are like, well, if he's just asleep, why are we going? Uh, we don't need to go because they're wanting to kill you yes. there. If you'll notice in verse uh, 16, we find a reference to Thomas. Now, Thomas is often viewed because of that scenario where he's doubting the resurrection. But boy, in this text... John lets it be known that it was Thomas who said, we'll go with him. And not just go with him. We'll go and die with him. We'll die with him. And so I, I think it's balanced in Scripture, balanced in Scripture many times. If there's a maybe a negative side to somebody, we might get to see a very positive side. And Thomas, I, I get concerned sometimes about the doubting because the Lord used that doubting. Uh, with Thomas right. uh, and saying, look, yes, he doubted. And we hope that the believers from here on past him do not have the doubt that he does because now he can see me. And you're going to have to believe in me by faith that I am been raised from the dead. So now, Thomas was necessary. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was. He was necessary to prove a point. Well, here is a good point for Thomas. Yeah. He's saying, let's go with him. If we got to die with him, we'll die with him. And speaking of necessary to prove a point. There's Lazarus. So our Lord's going to wait four days. There is a big point in that uh, with respect to Jews and 
and the idea of the dead. Most of the rabbis taught that for three days, uh, the soul could return to the body. There could be uh, a resurrection, but not after three. Mm-hmm. Not after three. And so Jesus is going to intentionally wait so that there is no doubt uh, Thomas is dead. And that's when he returns and he goes. Even in the mind of his sisters. Yes. They know he's dead. We're going to see that about Martha here in a little while. Um, there, there's no potential here. There's no potential. I mean, they even do this with the Lord. It being in the tomb. Well, maybe he was just knocked out and lost mm-hmm. consciousness for three days in the tomb. And, and then he was raised on the third day. Lazarus is the fourth day. Fourth day. So you cannot argue, even under Jewish law, that he's not dead. But let's talk about Martha. You just mentioned Martha. Lord, if you had been here, do you have some anticipation there that she was hoping for a favor? Because you never see Jesus doing something for his own. No. Uh, maybe Peter, certainly Peter uh, and his mother-in-law, uh, which I think you take the position that was to take care of Peter's family. Uh, and that's to take care of Peter's family, at least his wife. While he's off and, with and Jesus. While he's off with Jesus for three years. I'm going to save her and so she can be here with uh, her daughter right. and take some of the pressure off of you. So I'm doing this for you, Peter. But uh, that's the only time you see in Scripture that the Lord did anything uh, as a favor to somebody. Every time he does something in Scripture, it's, it's somebody he really didn't know. I mean, right. he's come upon that situation and he's used that situation, especially in John, to create a sign um, and a, some, some sort of a meaning that you're supposed to get out of this. And they're saying, Lord, and the Mary will say the very same thing. If you had been here, uh, this wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have died. You would have taken care of him. And it, it's amazing to me that, the, that these sisters would take that position because they've never seen, at least to our knowledge, a favor like this done among people whom he loved. It didn't happen with, with Paul, with Epaphroditus. No. He didn't heal him. He had every chance to do it. And he didn't use that because they didn't do it for favoritism. They did it to prove a point to the non-believer. And so if he had healed Lazarus there among those people, that would have been just between them. Right, right. And so our Lord waits. Martha says, if you had been here, to which Jesus replies, I am the resurrection and the life. You know, Jesus, first of all, said, you know, your brother's going to rise again. She immediately jumps probably to the end times, you know, for resurrection in the last days, certainly. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. I am. This is those great I am statements. Here's here's the biggest one, I believe. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Let's think about this for a moment. Lazarus is dead, but he's about to experience a resurrection. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. If we listen to what John is telling us, I believe this is one of the greatest points that's made throughout the gospel. And this is its powerful theme. Life is found in Jesus. He's the provider of life. You look back to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you must be born again. 
You must die. You must be brought back. Uh, you go to the words of Paul in Romans 6, for as many of you have been buried into Christ, you have died. You've been raised to walk in newness of life. There is a sense in which John is showing us all of us to some degree over Lazarus. Do you kind of see that? In well, he's, been, he's even said that in John 6. If you go back to I am the bread of life theme, he says it at least five times in there. Yeah. You will rise up on the last day, at least in the standpoint of that resurrection. But if you're, even if you die, you will raise, be raised up again. So you see on earth a first resurrection, and that I think is when we die to sin and are raised to walk in the newness of life. And then you see a second resurrection, which is in the last days. And the Lord represents both of those. Right. And so when he says, I am the resurrection, wherever there's a resurrection, he is part of it. If you go back to the beginning when the word came to Jesus and Jesus talks about the illness, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Well, there'd be people, well, apparently it did. He died. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. This is not that kind of death. And in a way, there are two deaths for all of us. Yes. There's the spiritual death and the physical death. Jesus says, this isn't that. This is not that kind of death. And so I think there's some powerful, powerful imagery as, as well as big theological points that are being made to all of us about resurrection and life. Wouldn't it be great to be Lazarus? Well, yeah, you can be a Lazarus. There is resurrection in life that comes in Jesus. More about that, though, in a moment. Let's get back into the story. So Martha comes out. She has an exchange with Jesus. Then here comes Mary, the exact same verbiage. Ex same verbiage, but she does something that Martha didn't. She falls on her face. She yeah. worships him. That's true. Uh, and I, there again, you have the Martha Mary story throughout Scripture. Uh, and I think maybe wrongly sometimes we do Martha some harm. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's about the little things and Mary's more about the spiritual things. Maybe you're seeing that in this case. Uh, I want to say that I'd love to have a congregation full of Marthas as well. Sure. Because... They see they get things, things need, done. They get things done. But here in this case, you see Mary going that little extra step and she falls down. But she says the same thing that Martha does. You know they've been talking about it. If he'd have been here for three days, they talked about that amongst each other because they say the very same thing. If you had been here, he would not have died. Yeah. Well, you're going to see Mar uh, Mary's faith really put on display when we get to the next yes. chapter. Uh, certainly at the anointing, but they go to the tomb and it's at the tomb that our Lord weeps and apparently his tears are so great, the crowds moved and there should have been a huge crowd. That, that's something I think we got to get in our minds. It's not just Mary, Martha and the Lord and the disciples. Mm -hmm. This is a huge crowd of all their friends. Probably most everybody in Bethany has been awaiting the arrival of Jesus, but also the Jews are there. Yeah, he talks specifically about the Jews, and when when John uses that term, he's talking about the religious elite from Jerusalem. So there must have been something about Mary and Martha and Lazarus that even stimulated the the religious people in Jerusalem to come out and honor him. Well, could it be also since they're looking to kill him and they're looking for him, he's going to come out now? We'll just stake out the place, maybe. Uh, you know, I. 
It's just a thought. Yes. But the Jews are mentioned. Let me just show you this. This is kind of neat. You see in verse, uh, verse 36, so the Jews. A little bit later, verse 45, many of the Jews. That, that reference to Jews there is not just the Jewish nation. These are the Lord's critics. That's how John is yes. using it. Uh, these are members of the Sanhedrin. These are the rulers. These are those who have the authority. The Pharisees. The Pharisees. The Pharisees. You know, the scribes, the ones that would be looking for Jesus, who are longing to put him to death. So they are going to see all this, and that's important. They're going to see this great miracle take place. Jesus comes to the cave, and he asks for the tomb to be, or the rock, the stone to be moved. Uh, is there some significance yeah. in that, you think? And he also, not just jediing it and moving no, it on his own? I mean, I think just as when he walks out of the tomb and is, is bound, the Lord has people do for themselves what they can do for themselves. Mm -hmm. You can move that stone. Uh, let's have you part of this. Uh, I want you to get the full feeling of what we're doing here. I don't want you to be standing back and all of this happen. You'll be part of it. You move. Yeah. You move the stone. Uh, and Martha uh, is already standing back a little bit. I guess she thinks that maybe the Lord wants to go in and look at him to, to make sure it's him. Well, she seems what? almost a little embarrassed yeah. if the stink, you, you if the know, smell if it's going to come out. Sure do we want to do, do this? this? She, she is still not thinking about him being raised from the dead. And, and I put that question to you. He's raised two different people that we know of, of that we yeah. know of to this time. Uh, the widow's son in Nain mm -hmm. uh, tapped on the coffin, mm -hmm. and he came out. And then Jairus's daughter, who was probably only dead for minutes, yeah. but still dead. Everybody there thought she was dead. So these both were in, towards the first, end of the first year, beginning of the second year of his ministry. This will be two years later, but still they knew that Jesus had raised people from the dead before, why wouldn't Mary and Martha be saying to him, Lord, raise him from the dead. You have that power. But they're not doing that. It's yeah. like, that's too much to ask. And I think, too, it's just hard for people to get their minds to go Yes. There. Death is the end. Yes. Death is final. And, 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 and that's where their minds are. And and if you, if you think about it, I, I certainly get where they're coming from yeah. uh, in, in that respect. But Jesus is going to go up to the tomb and he's going to pray to the Father. And he's certainly made it clear as he talked to his disciples when all this started, this is for the glory of God and for the glorification of God. And he yells, Lazarus, come out. And it says, and the man who had died. Isn't that interesting the way John says that? Yes. The man who had died. It's not Lazarus comes yeah. out. It's in, you wonder how he, of course, he came out wrapped and, and it's, then he goes on to say, unwrap him yeah. and then go your way. Um, that's it. That's, that's it. What we have. We have no interview with Lazarus. Somebody go talk to Lazarus. Right. Lazarus, what was it like for yeah, three days? Yeah, Give I, me what I'd be asking. I want to go to Lazarus and say, you're back. And did you go to the light? How yeah. did this work when you died? Right? Lazarus could have been saying, why am I back here? Yeah, great. Now I get to die again. Yes. Thanks so much. Besides that, it was great where I was. And so why do I want to come back here? None of that's asked. You don't see Martha and Mary. Their reaction, can't you imagine what they're thinking at this time? 
their, their expression on their face the that he's come out of the tomb. Uh, and there he is. The weeping is now rejoicing. You can only. So John is not terribly concerned about what man's response here is to that. His, his idea is that Jesus has raised him from the dead. That's what we need to get out of. Not human response. It's what is our response to him raising somebody from the dead. Well, and maybe this is it. Maybe you see John now trying to take the emotion away from it. Here's the evidence. Yeah. He's been in the tomb four days. Everybody believes it. Even the Jews out there are witnessing it. Nobody doubts it. Nobody doubts it, even when you move past this. Mary and Martha, he's dead. He's behind the tomb that needs to be rolled away. He's dead. He's wrapped up. He's dead. He may smell. He's He's dead. dead. Everything points to that. So the evidence is there. And Jesus' message in this sign I'm the resurrection and the life. So if you believe in the miracle, you see the miracle, you need to believe the greater message. That's right. I'm the resurrection and the life. I mean, they've got to be looking at Jesus. Now, certainly some of the Jews do. Many, it says there, many of the Jews now believe. How could they not believe? How could they not? This man, we knew him. He was dead. He just walked out of that tomb. I get chill bumps thinking about somebody coming out of the tomb. You think about yeah. that. Wrapped. And there he is coming out of the tomb. Even those hardcore Jews, there were some of them, many of them. It's interesting. Many believed. It's only some that went back to the Sanhedrin. But many believed. How can we not believe? Well, and here's why they cannot believe. And here's why many do not believe. Those some immediately go back to the council. They go to the chief priests and the Pharisees and they bring the council together. And it's like, what do we do? Yeah. What are we going to do now? How are we going to deal with this guy now? They'd already been wanting to kill him. He heals a blind man. We want to kill him. Now he's raised somebody from the dead. What are we going to do now? And this is where Caiaphas speaks up. And this is powerful because Caiaphas does what he doesn't intend to do. And that's become very prophetic. You know nothing at all, he says, nor do you understand. It is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. And John gives us the commentary. He did not say this on his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for the nation only but also to gather into the children of God, those who are scattered abroad. Finally, the real reason of why the Pharisees were treating Jesus the way they treated him for three years comes out in this passage. We've seen for three years, they've tried to use the excuse, well, this man does not follow the law. He does not obey the law. He feels like he's above the law and we're going to catch him in every way that we can or any way that we can Finally, it comes out here. They are fearful of him. They are jealous of him. They are envious of him. And so it has nothing to do with his power and seemingly from God. They, the Jews that came back says, hey, I don't know what you're going to do here, but he just raised a man from the dead. Yeah. I'm here to tell you that. And so how do the Pharisees or the religious rulers react we got to get rid of him. And yeah. not only that, we got to get rid of Lazarus. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see that, that later. Chapter. We'll see you get rid of Lazarus. Right. But, but still, the prophetic statement for one man to die yeah. for the sake of the whole. One man to die.
for the sake of the whole. That word got out. John heard it. Others heard it. The word got out. You see the last passage. They they sent out a notice. If you know this Jesus, if you see this Jesus, you are going to come to us with that information because we want to kill him. That information was now out. And what you see Jesus doing uh, at the end here is he'll no longer walk openly among the Jews. And that would be referencing the critics. Yes. Again, again, the reference to the critics, not just the Jewish people uh, in general. And so the Lord is going to stay away. Uh, but yet, I, I think this is what we all need to grasp from this, if we can kind of wrap this up a little bit. Our Lord, our Lord became flesh, walked among us. He walked the human experience. He felt the human experience. He felt the frustration, the pain, the sorrow, and the death of the human experience. And yet in all that, he wants every single one of us to have an experience, if you will, like Lazarus, to experience what it means for him to be our resurrection and our life. I I think, and this is just my thoughts, if that's the point that John's really trying to make for all of us to see, uh, to see and understand that Jesus is our resurrection in our life. And those that have given themselves to the Lord have experienced a resurrection, have been given new life, have been given hope in Jesus. And boy, I can only imagine the security and the confidence that Mary and Martha and Lazarus had after all this, you know. <laughs> Yeah, very much so, especially Mary. We know that Mary did, and we can assume that Martha and Lazarus did. But uh, yes, this was a life-changing experience for the two women. Uh, This was very definitely a life-changing experience for Lazarus uh, to be raised from the dead only to die again. But uh, we don't know when that was later down the line. But still, we have to understand that resurrection was important to Christians. We get that in Thessalonians. When's the Lord coming back? And he talks about the resurrection. There's going to be those who have died before are going to be raised from the dead. They're going to come forward and present themselves before the Lord. So the other resurrection, Jesus representing that is so critical here Paul says it. if there wasn't a resurrection of Jesus from the dead, guess what? We're not going to be raised from the dead. He had to be raised from the dead for us to be raised from the dead. So there is that spiritual connotation, but we cannot deny the physical one that that's what we're living, the life that we're living, so we can be raised from the dead to live forever with well, and that's certainly the message as you go through Acts. You know, yeah. they were preaching the resurrection. Yes. It was the resurrection even at Mars Hill. It's the resurrection yes. uh, that Paul preaches that moves men. So uh, our Lord is our resurrection. He is our life. What a wonderful thought. And, you know, we we need to take hope in that. That needs to be our security. Uh, John is showing us just exactly who Jesus is in this powerful story. Is there anything else you would like to add? I think you've done well the second time through. The second time. The first time, this wasn't bad. This wasn't bad. (laughs) Hey, if anybody wants to know about the first time, ask us. We'll tell you about how we get different. But this was time two, and it worked out. Uh, One thing we would like to share with you uh, as we wrap up is uh, 
We'd love to have you join us on Sundays. Uh, we are still providing the live streams like you're seeing now. We're providing even virtual Bible classes, but we are meeting uh, here at the building on Sundays and we have room. And so if you're getting out and about and feel like getting out and about, uh, we feel pretty confident that you'll be safe coming back to the building. Yes. And uh, we'll have services here at 830 Sunday morning and also 10 o'clock Sunday morning. There's also a high school class. Uh, that meets immediately after the 10 o'clock assembly. And, and hopefully you know about all the other classes, uh, the middle school class that is meeting via Zoom on Wednesday nights, and then the uh, littles class uh, that is meeting. And then Lindsey Burke uh, and Corey have uh, put together a little class for the two and three-year-olds. So if you got any questions about classes, uh, let us know. You got anything else? That's it. All right. Let's have a good December. Let's do. Let's do. Let's have a good, safe, and wonderful December. Thank you so much for joining us, and may you experience the true knowledge and the true security that comes from knowing your Lord Jesus is your resurrection and your life as well. Good night. Amen.